welcome into the Johnson City Small Business Podcast. We're all about connecting the folks of Johnson City and to our small business owners here. And I'm your host, Ryan McKinney, and thanks for listening. And thanks to Leighton Hart from Market Street Media and hooking us up with some some beat drops today. And and it, as you can tell, we are out of a, an abundance of caution um, wearing our mask today uh, to keep everybody safe. So please bear with us if, if I'm a little muffled or or uh, you can't hear as well as you thought you would. So thanks for being here. Today, I'd like to welcome the founder of Action VFX to the Johnson City Small Business Podcast. His name is Rodolphe Pierre Louis, better known as Ro, right? Yes. And uh, he's here to share a bit of his story and about his business here in Johnson City. Um, So Ro, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. Always excited to talk about business. It's it's fun. And it's probably not hard for folks in Johnson City, Johnson City to figure out that you weren't born and raised in Johnson City uh, with a name like Rodolphe Pierre Louis. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. th- that sounds very Eastern <laughs> for, for me. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so you're from and born and raised in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, correct? Yes. Tell folks, uh, which a, a lot of our folks have transplanted in, and then there's a lot of us that have just kind of grown up and been mm-hmm. born and raised here in Johnson City. What was life like for you in Haiti growing up? I mean, I would say I moved here when I was 12, moved to Tennessee when I was 12. So, I mean, had a pretty good childhood. It was just going out doing random kid stuff. <laughs> Obviously, Haiti is very different from... East Tennessee, very different from the United States yeah. as a whole. But, no, I mean, life was good. Uh, it was a decently small family. Just my dad, my mom, and have one brother. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, so when I was 12, that was back in 2005, we moved to Knoxville, actually. Okay. What brought you, I mean, I'm just curious, what brought you guys up to Tennessee? Why Tennessee? Yeah, my dad was going to college in Knoxville. And, and then after Knoxville, he moved to go to college here in Johnson City. And so that's kind of how the whole thing happened. Right. Um, East Tennessee is kind of a random place for a Haitian to <laughs> to come straight to. But sure. that's kind of how we ended up in the area. That's great. That's amazing. And then so from there, you ended up going to college. Miami-Dade? Mm-hmm. And so what was it that, that took you from now northeast Tennessee down down there to Miami? Uh, I mean, one, it was good. Like the idea of like changing scenery a bit was, yeah. was really cool. I love warm weather and Miami definitely seemed like it would be the right place. Originally, I didn't move there to go to Miami-Dade, but like I moved there to go to another school, but that didn't end up working out. Yeah. But... You know, I remember my parents were like, hey, you know, just, just move back and, you know, go to school in East Tennessee. But I was already there and felt sure. that it really would be the best place at the moment for me to be. And I was freelancing, um, mainly like doing music videos and commercials for different companies. So it felt like this would be the better place for me sure. to be at that time. So, Which from what I've heard, you were kind of making movies in your childhood too, 10, 12, 13, 14 years old, kind of doing some filmmaking and, and doing mm-hmm. things like that already. Yep. Yep. I think I did my first short film when I was 10 <laughs> and it was a 25 minute short film, which 
to this day it still blows my mind because now to make a 25 minute thing it it's so much effort that sure. goes into it but right. back then i didn't really care just grab some friends and that was actually when we were in haiti and oh, just yeah. went and made a little movie so so yeah that? i've always been in, into filmmaking what was the movie about it was about a bicycle thief. <laughs> so I think my brother played the bicycle thief, and then it was like the detective trying to okay. to find out who did it. Um, and so you're doing that through college, and then you start a company, mm-hmm. and that's Rody Polis. Yes. And tell us, tell our folks like what that was for, and 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 how you started that, and and what it ended up uh, becoming. Yeah, so I guess slight backstory. I started, I got involved in visual effects in 2006. Okay. So that was like a year after we moved to the U.S. and kind of realized that, oh man, you mean to tell me we can actually do all those, you know, <laughs> explosion and effect stuff on a home computer? So that's when. Yeah, I just kind of got fascinated by it. So I always did that. And I mean, my love for filmmaking has, you know, always been there since I was very young. So in like, in starting Rody Polis, the reason I started that, and Rody Polis was essentially a website that I sold different effects packages to filmmakers and visual effects artists. And how that got started was because I was freelancing right after high school. I went straight into freelancing. And for a lot of those projects, like those music videos and those commercials, sometimes I would need to create my own effects for them. And so I was like, oh, I I can actually do that. And Rudy Polis, it's kind of a strange name, but that was always my username online. And I had a YouTube channel called Rudy Polis where I would do tutorials like visual effects tutorials and okay. things like that and started started building up an audience on there and like most entrepreneurial minded people when you have an audience you know you think hey you know what can i sell them what else can i do <laughs> so so yeah it was it kind of made sense because it felt like okay i'm already doing effects for myself to use in my own projects so what about you know taking a chance and doing it and see if someone else would buy it and actually use it in their own projects and help them out there so that's kind of how that got started i released a pack was called shootout stock pack which was a yeah stock footage pack of like different gun effects and different things like that wasn't very good at all and (laughs) was selling it like a for 15 dollars a download and and yeah so that's kind of how it got started it worked people were buying it not huge numbers or anything but enough that i felt like okay let's let's do another one and so that's kind of how it got started and then that transitioned into action vfx Mm -hmm. yeah so not immediately Mm -hmm. so like november 2011 was when i released shred out stock pack on rodipolis.com which no longer exists Rest in peace. <laughs> and and yeah, it was so in January 2014, that's when I moved back to Johnson City. Okay. And by then I had decided to stop freelancing because my true love for filmmaking has always been movies and storytelling. So like I never really dreamed of doing commercials and music videos for people. That sure. was something I did just for the money. And by that time Rudy Polis had picked up enough that I could actually just 
live off of only that. Especially moving back to Johnson City. That was a big sure. <laughs> uh, part of me moving back to from Miami because yeah, it was ask. like, hey, yeah, um, you mean I can pay three times less for rent? <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, so for anybody that has friends that don't live in Johnson City, share that portion of this podcast with your friends all <laughs> over the country because uh, Roe is exactly right. We have a great standard of living here. Yeah, and, and yeah, so I mean, I really really enjoyed it and especially with being an entrepreneur like you know like there's enough risk in entrepreneurship that why not put yourself in the best position sure. to to succeed so so yeah when, once i moved back here um 2014 i got to do ready polis full-time and really that helped me to focus more on it and really realize that man this is good and I'm making a decent living, you know, being in Johnson City, but it's not enough. You know, it's time to try to take things to the next level Okay. Um, because I felt, and that's probably being a bit dramatic, but, you know, I felt like every time I would release a new pack, it felt insignificant. Like, like no one, like, did it, did it really affect people's lives that much? Okay. Or is it just, you know, good enough that you know, some people buy. Like, there were no ripples being made in the industry at all. And and the more I did it, the more different people I met from different companies and stuff. So my world was also getting bigger. And it just felt like, okay, this is the right time. I have the experience to know that I know what I'm doing, but let's see if we can level up this thing massively and do something bigger. And you know what was bigger at the at that time? Most people buying up my products were just, um, you know, like more of the prosumer level, um, some hobbyists, but no one major doing anything huge. And it felt like, okay, let's go after the Hollywood market. Okay. And how do we get to the Hollywood market? Well, it felt like the void that was there was a lack of real you know, assets, real effects, real explosions, fire and destructions and things that were high quality enough to be used by, you know, the highest level sure. of production. So that's kind of the vision came and felt like, okay, this is the time to actually start working on that. And I mean, originally it still wasn't meant to be action VFX. It was just supposed to be some new packs on Rody Polos, but... <laughs> right. As something that has happened to me quite a few times, you start working on something, sure, and then the more you work on it, the more you realize the potential of it. Absolutely. And I felt that the Rodipolis brand started by me, for me, and the foundation was just, hey, this is me doing yeah, this. Yeah, for sure. And I felt it would be better to essentially start over, in a sense, yeah. of building something and having that foundation already be hey, this, the vision is to be a bigger company right. doing bigger things as opposed to just something that allows me some side money. Exactly. So then you do a Kickstarter campaign. Mm-hmm. And so I know we got some entrepreneurs listening to this and, and some wannabe entrepreneurs want to take it to the next level. Like, what was that like? And what were your expectations mm-hmm. going into that? And why, man, I know why Kickstarter to get money, but why specifically was it like, hey, we need to get this money? Mm-hmm. What was the money going to be used for? Yeah, so originally I was just going to fund the whole project and 
So I think it was going to cost about ten thousand dollars, and that's that was about like all my business savings at the time, and so all that was going to be spent on a shoot. So we got together some pyrotechnicians that you know have done work in like movies like Transformers Three. They did some work for that when they shot in Chicago, and so we actually, you know, got in my van and went to Chicago to film you know, this shoot and it was one of those things where you we thought we overplanned, but once we got there we realized, oh man, like planning was terrible because wow. everything is falling through. So long story short, after the shoot, I was out of ten grand, which as I said was like basically my whole business savings. Yeah. And products that I couldn't sell. <laughs> you know, it's like well I could sell I could have sold them but then I wouldn't feel good about it. And I really knew, like, we missed the mark on on that shoot. Just and the quality? Or, like, you didn't feel proud of what you were yeah, out there? Yeah, like, the quality wasn't there, and gotcha. so many different things went wrong. And it was just, like, you know, because I had such high hopes for sure. this project, and yeah. it just wasn't it at all. And, again, I could have salvaged some stuff and released it, but then that would take me back to the exact place that yeah. I already was, which was feeling like, hey, everything I'm releasing is not really making a ripple or making a big difference in right. helping people. So really felt like, okay, this is not the end. Obviously, that. we can't release it, but it's not the end. Let's figure it out. And yeah. of course, to figure it out, I was going to need money. And Kickstarter seemed to be the perfect place. Yeah. And usually, that's not really what you always think of Kickstarter for. Like, hey, we're going to blow things up. <laughs> <laughs> but I can imagine, you know, the people wanting to invest in it are like, hey, we're going to be part of blowing things mm -hmm. up. So it's part of the draw. Yeah, like it, it, and it worked great, like honestly, because, you know, most of, well, basically all of the people that backed the Kickstarter were actual filmmakers and VFX artists. So in a lot of ways, it was a pre order, right. you know? Yeah. Like they, they help us make it, and they get it at a much cheaper cheaper price than it would have been uh, on release date. So, and it worked great like that because, I mean, it's all digital, so they didn't really have to do a lot of fulfilling and sending T-shirts and stuff. I actually made a joke about that on <laughs> on the Kickstarter video. Like, I know you don't want a crappy T-shirt. Like, right. you want the product. You want so the product. We'll, so we'll give it to you and. So yeah, uh, the goal was to raise twenty thousand dollars on Kickstarter, and we ended up raising fifty nine thousand, which was amazing, and which we did spend every dime of that <laughs> to yeah. launch. So yeah. I'm glad we raised that and For didn't sure. only raise twenty. Yeah. Um, but you said the Kickstarter worked out. Yeah. It 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 helped us really get started, and haven't had to do a Kickstarter since, so that was good. Um, but it definitely was a very hard season, though. Like, I would say up to that point, that was the hardest thing I had ever done, like, running the Kickstarter campaign um, in my life. It was very stressful, very sure. tough. And it's like, it wasn't like now that, you know, there's about 16 of us at the company, so <laughs> there's a team to be able to do That's stuff. Right. But really, like, I was the one doing you know, 95% of the heavy lifting of that right. thing. And it was very stressful, but hey, it, it paid off. It worked and 
yeah, the backers were happy. They got the products and we got to get started and, you know, action VFX picked up. So that's what I think is the genius in, in the route that you took during that campaign was going to these filmmakers and saying, hey, what are you missing? Mm-hmm. What would you like to be in this space that's not? And you knowing, hey, I think I know what I'm going to do to get there. But that instant uh, clientele right there to then help you fund the, the campaign mm-hmm. and then say, hey, here's the work I'm going to do, being proud of your work and saying, hey, this is what I can get to you. I, I mean, I don't think you can do it any, any better than you did it. Hey, well, thank you. And, yeah, like we – yeah, I managed to get a lot of things right with <laughs> that whole project. <laughs> and, but yeah, I would say the biggest thing that we got right was definitely approaching it in a sense of humility. Didn't really come in as, oh, like, I'm this hotshot. I know exactly what I'm doing. You yeah. know, like the very first step was surveying. Um, I ended up getting like 300 or so um, filmmakers and visual effects artists. Right to fill out the survey and really give good information on what they want, what's missing and things like that. So like it was always very community driven as far as, Hey, let's fix a problem that exists. And a problem that I was also facing because believe it or not, I would be watching movies and I would like, there is such a lack of diversity in like the stock visual effects stock footage gotcha. market that I would like people would notice like oh yeah like I know this I re- explosion I remember this explosion from the last movie yeah and it's like because no one is making enough high quality stuff to be okay. used so it was one of those things where hey we're all in this together let's fix this problem and you know that was the vision of action VFX and that's what we're able to do so when you walk into somebody or meet somebody at a restaurant and and they're like, so Ro, what do you do? Like, what's your 30 second, like, this is what my business does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have different versions of that okay. depending on which room that I'm in, because sometimes I give a very layman version of it because give, give me that because <laughs> we're not talking to filmmakers, you know, besides yeah. some of my filmmaker buddies here in, in Johnson city, not listening to this around all over yeah. the United States. What, like if you ran into my family at the restaurant at white duck mm-hmm. here in a minute and you're explaining to Sarah, like, this is what I do. Yeah. I would tell them that, Hey, my name is Ro, and I'm the founder and CEO of Action VFX. We are a visual effects stock footage company. And what that means is that we actually go out and film real effects, whether it's explosions and fires and blood and you know smoke and all of those things. And we film it in a way that allows us to remove the background of it and allow anyone to put it in their own project. So let's That's say cool. you're making a movie yeah. and you need to blow up a car or something like that, then you can go on our website and browse our library and you'll see different explosions. And essentially, you'll just license that through our website and yeah, bring it into your program and overlay it over over your footage and make it look good. I mean, I've got a huge smile on my face. You guys can't see it. But like hearing that is just like, that just sounds like the the opportunity <laughs> of a lifetime considering the fact too that I, I, I can imagine from your filmmaking and your editing this isn't just 
let's go blow stuff up. Mm -hmm. This is, we got to have the right camera angles. We got to have lighting. And, Mm -hmm. And so really that love of filmmaking is, is being transposed into this business where you're also getting to do fun stuff like mm-hmm. blow things up and things like that. No, yeah, for sure. And that was definitely one big advantage that I had was having that filmmaking background because it's like especially the higher up you go in the industry, the more specialized you get. Absolutely. So like it's very rare that uh you know someone doing visual effects would also have a lot of experience shooting, you know, okay. different projects and things. And so right. that definitely really helped a ton because I already knew about cameras and lenses and lighting and things like that and that all goes into it like it's not as basic as just hey let me just grab this camera real quick and just get this thing and then you're done but then once you capture it you have to know enough about visual effects to actually capture it the right way for it to be actually useful for For who's going to use it so yeah Um, and I I know for me and probably everybody that's listening that's just layman's terms listening to this um when you said blow things up, blood, blah, 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 blah. I, I, like, I mm-hmm. stopped at blood and was like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> so tell like, how are you getting like a blood scene, which, yeah. Okay, tell me about that. No, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, we actually had a good blood shoot a couple years ago and that was very messy. <laughs> it's like if it, when you went into the room we're filming at, it really did look like serial killers were in there. <laughs> Uh, there was like plastic wraps everywhere yeah. like it, it was a mess but but yeah i mean obviously it's that real blood sure. it's all secret recipe yep. of love it of, of getting stuff Great. but but yeah it's the same concept right for example <laughs> we did a a decapitation effect right okay. and how we did that was I mean, a lot of compressed air, a lot of fake blood, and then we shot that in front of a green screen and just kind of shot it up and stuff. But yeah. then if you, yeah, like once we key it and remove the background yeah. and everything, you can overlay it, remove a head digitally, and it's like, hey, this is a, an, de- a very, yep. <laughs> love it. love that, man. That is fun. Um, so so kind of, so that's one way, blood. Mm-hmm. And and the other thing is like explosion, I'm thinking, and, and fire. And and I saw water, you know, like mm-hmm. how are you or where are you and what are you doing? Like, I don't know if some of it's trade secret and like some mm-hmm. of it's like, but like where are you doing explosion? <laughs> <laughs> so we've done them at a couple places. So there's the studio in Irwin, actually, yep, yep. and it's called Primotic Studios. And yep. we've done some stuff over there. And the last big explosion shoot, we actually uh, rented out a farm in Gray. And that's where we, we got to do it. And I mean, they were pretty massive, so it was sure. good to be secluded and yep. stuff. And we ended up just using the sky as a blue screen. Okay. So just shot against the blue sky, and then that allowed us to remove it. I mean, it was still super tough to remove, but sure. but that's kind of how we did it. So, so yeah, I mean, Istanbul is very good for blowing things up. That's also <laughs> another thing that you wouldn't think because people always ask, you know, for what you do, Johnson City is like must be a disadvantage. And sure, there could be some disadvantages as far as it's not a big film industry here and stuff but for a specific business model of shooting guns and blowing things up it's like East Tennessee is great great place for that (laughs) (laughs) 
That's great. Um, so who who do you – so you've gone from the little – what would you call him, a prosumer, like the, mm-hmm. the kind of guy making his home movies and just kind of doing some fun stuff mm-hmm. to, to like growing into this – this industry who are some of the folks or or where are your where are your effects being used that mm-hmm. you're like man that was one of the the funnest ones or they were great to work with or or that was one of those movies or shows that i was just really really pleased and mm-hmm. to, to get onto. no yeah like it's uh there's definitely a good amount of them now um like we've definitely been blessed to have action vfx be used by really all levels of you know, production. And I mean, I couldn't name a few projects, but I'll just skip to the biggest one, which was Avengers Endgame. Okay. Like some of the explosions in that last battle scene was actually like our explosions That's and stuff. Awesome. So it was definitely a cool, very cool thing to see. Because yeah. so it's like, Oh, it's <laughs> we it's, did that. Yeah, it's like it's it's the thing. So <laughs> so that's definitely the by far the. I mean, there's. I mean, you don't get bigger than Endgame, and I'm right. a huge like Marvel fan and okay. stuff. So that was really cool to see. But I mean, various uh, TV shows like Stranger Things on Netflix. That's one okay. of them. And I mean, I mean, there's there's a lot, and I always draw a blank whenever I have to sure. <laughs> name I get it. things. No, but I get there's it. Th- there's a lot these days. Right. So so what's your vision for action VFX? Like moving forward, yeah. So we just celebrated our fifth year anniversary last June, which was awesome, yeah. and it was kind of like reflecting back on okay, what the first five years, and now we've kind of established. So it's you know what does the next five years look like, and it's like the overall vision is wanting to be more than just a visual effects stock footage website in the sense of realizing that we can really impact the whole compositing community quite a bit. And it's like our vision statement that we started, you know, mid-year this year was to become the one common driving force behind every compositor's career. And it's like it and what that means really is we really see ourselves that we can be the place that whether you're just starting out or you're already a professional that we're you know we can provide actual value to you you know whether that's through our products or or tutorials like training and just the community like we just started a forum to connect uh, different people so that's kind of the direction that we're moving forward to and we just launched a subscription. That's a mm-hmm. pretty big thing for us. We're very excited about that, and it's going well so far. That's it's great. only about what, three weeks old now. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, one thing people have always complained about was our pricing wasn't necessarily priced for amateurs. Like most people that Absolutely. buy from us sure. do do this for a living or at least get paid uh some money for the specific project that they're doing. So the subscription is a way to allow us to broaden how many people we can impact without necessarily devaluing what we're doing. And so yeah, like have high hopes for that. And so far it's going good too. So that's, that's great. So when, when somebody says, all right, Ro, we've got, um, we've got a couple other, you know, special effects, visual mm-hmm. effects companies on the market and, and you're here in Johnson City and, and we're interviewing a couple and we're getting ready to have this Avengers in-game movie come out. Like, what's your value proposition when talking to not only an amateur but maybe a mm-hmm. big-time studio? 
Yeah, I mean, the thing with, you know, action VFX, you know, from the very beginning, the goal has always been to be the highest quality in the industry, but also provide the largest quantity and variation. And these are the two biggest things that we do right Um, as far as quality. And, I mean, it's easy for me to say, but most people do say that we are the best on the market as far as having consistent high quality assets that they can rely on and know that hey if i'm getting it from action vfx we know it's gonna be good and it's gonna be shot a certain way it's gonna like the technical specifications are gonna match you know what i'm doing and stuff so that's uh so that's the big part of it but also the variety as i said you know it was always both quality and quantity because without the quantity you kind of end up having the same problem that made us want to start action vfx to begin with which yeah. was oh like i know this thing because it's the only one that's out there so we try to compete against ourselves essentially yeah that's why on the website you'll see we'll have you know gas explosions volume one and then we'll have gas explosions volume two and then we'll have nice. large-scale gas ex- so it's kind of like hey even if you're only using action vfx to provide you enough towards not just the same thing over sure. and over again so well and i think you hit on something there too for our folks is like you know sometimes it's not about being better than the competition it's just mm-hmm. continuing to be a better version of yourself mm-hmm. or a better version of our company or where we were yesterday compared to where we are today mm-hmm. so i'm glad you guys kind of take that same mindset that that we do um so as a startup right as a founder of a company mm-hmm. um in particular in johnson city what kind of community, what kind of, I, I know you're involved in Founders Forge, you know, what kind of, for folks that are looking to maybe gravitate towards small business or entrepreneurship mm-hmm. in Johnson City, talk about your involvement in that and, and what your thoughts are about folks either moving here, kind of like when mm-hmm. you came back from Miami or, or our local residents getting into starting their own business. No, yeah, I, I think this area is a great place to do that um i mean obviously it was a great place for me to do that and it worked out really well um it's like my favorite thing about johnson city is just the fact that it's like it's small enough to be low-key but at the same time i mean it's beautiful you have all this you know nature and you know everything it has to offer very good people here and things like that so i mean as an environment for me to do a business i really do enjoy it quite a bit and and it's been good to see progress being made especially on the startup front and as you said uh, organizations like founders forge which i'm a part of you know our mission really is to foster a startup ecosystem here because the thing that ended up happening and while i didn't necessarily have that problem myself but people usually work better when they see others like them and you can you know interact with them and you know for me at the start of action vfx and roadie polis and all of that like i i mean i didn't really really see myself as a startup founder or anything like that but the more the business kept growing the more i started realizing how few people i could relate to you know you know i would be going through something and everyone else is talking about how much they hate their job and how their bosses suck. And I'm like, yeah, I can't relate to that at all. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm dealing with, you know, right. serious things. Yes. So it's like the more I do this and the more the business grows, the more I realize the, 
need really to connect with other like-minded individuals to actually have people not only to get advice from and share with, but just commiserate with, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like people that, that can actually relate that have been through what you've been through. And, and sometimes it's also great to also return the favor because, you know, some people, you know, can be looking at, at me and feel like, Hey, like, you know, you're an inspiration and, you know, I want to do, and I'm always like, wait, what? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not an inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> Too much pressure. I don't want right. it. But, but yeah. So, and that's some of the things we've been able to do with Founders Forge. But also, we have things like boot camps and, yeah. and you know, different events yeah, to pitches. really, yeah. So it's uh, so it's community, but also it's actually growing. Um, like giving back knowledge and opportunities and things like that to the environment. So it's it's been really cool. Like definitely check us out at myfoundersforge.com. There we go. Uh, Speaking of opportunity, like what is, what's trending, what's new in, in your all's world of uh, visual effects. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that first. And then we'll talk about what's also trending at your company. I would say the biggest thing right now is Unreal Engine, and that's a software that a lot lot of people traditionally have used to make video games and things like that. But it's kind of shifting to where a lot of visual effects artists are using that um, for visual effects, for compositing, and people are using that to make short films and things like that. And, And what's cool about Unreal Engine is, I mean, it's like, 3D, like, because, you know, video games, the way they're built is kind of like 3D and stuff. And we've been working on some products for that, which essentially are converting what we're already doing, but doing it in a way that would allow it to be used in a 3D scene. So where you can rotate around and different things like that. And so that's, uh, that's a big thing in the industry. And that's something we're already working on being a part of um, evolving our offering, so to speak. Right. So it's not just, oh, let me grab this and overlay it here, but it's more, oh, how can I actually bring this actual fire and move around it? And it's 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 really cool stuff. That yeah. is. That is cool. Um, well, Ro, that about wraps up our time here today on the Johnson City Small Business Podcast. I'd like to thank you for investing your time with us where do people go to find you connect with you linkedin with you all that kind of stuff no for sure so our website actionvfx.com that's the best place to kind of see what we're all about and we have you know we're on all the social media pages facebook instagram twitter and all of that and don't really do much personal social media at this moment but you can also find me on instagram at at the Rotivator. <laughs> and eventually I'll, I'll live up to the name on my Instagram profile it. and rotivate people more. But Well, I think it's great. Um, I'd also like to thank you guys, the listener, for dropping into the show today. Please subscribe to the podcast. Sorry about that. Make sure to check out Brad Weems, Better Every Day, uh, who's also here on the Market Street Media platform. And special thanks to Market Street Media. And to our sound engineer, Leighton Hart, who's responsible once again for romancing your ears. And this is the Johnson City Small Business Podcast with the Rotivator. 
Roe, Pierre-Louis. Uh, I'm your host, Ryan McKinney, and until next time, keep living your life by design. <laughs>